The Superman homepage is looking for a Supergirl reviewer. If you're interested and seeking the assignment, send an email to Steve Eunice at steve at supermanhomepage.com. What's up? This is Makad Brooks. I'm playing James the Bridge Olsen. That's right. And you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio. Super, 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 super Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Legends of Gotham's Bill Meeks to shine a character spotlight on Morgan Edge. Uh, Bill, is it is it okay for me to still address you as a podcaster from Legends of Gotham? Because I know you guys have sort of shut it down over there. The podcast still exists, so I guess technically that's still true. So yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, well, I guess we can say former podcaster of... Legends of Gotham that is still up and running if you would like to. You should totally go. If you're watching the show, if you're watching through uh, Gotham, go listen to the episodes. Great podcast. Still recommend it. There might be some brief uh, vlogging Insta reactions to it, too, uh, over at YouTube.UniverseBox.com. Keep an eye out there if you want to hear me talk about Gotham. Ooh, we still might get some Gotham talk out of Bill. All right. Well, that sounds really good. Um, Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Supergirl Radio. And I'm very excited because we are going to be talking about Morgan Edge. So Morgan Edge is a character who will be making an appearance in the third season of Supergirl. So for this episode of Supergirl Radio, we are going to learn more about his character. So some brief factoids that you might need to know about Morgan Edge. He was created by Jack Kirby. And uh, Kirby based his physical appearance on actor Kevin McCarthy, um, while his personality was inspired by television executive James T. Aubrey. I thought all of this was really fascinating because I'm big into film and TV history. And uh, Kevin McCarthy, you may know him from The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That was one of his big roles. And uh, James T. Aubrey was an American television and film executive. He was president of CBS from 1959 to 1965. And he put shows like Gilligan's Island, Green Acres, The Dick Van Dyke Show, and The Beverly Hillbillies on the air. So some of my favorite classic TV shows uh, James T. Aubrey was responsible for. So that was the inspiration behind Morgan Edge. And his real name uh, is not actually Morgan Edge from what I discovered. It is Morris Edelstein. And the history behind that is in Action Comics number 468 from February 1977, it is revealed that Morgan Edge's birth name is Morris Edelstein. 
After he won his first TV station in a game of poker, he changed his name to Morgan Edge. Fun fact, that's how I got my name as well. (laughs) You won a TV station in a poker game? I mean, who among us hasn't? Very true. Very true. That's why we play, play poker, isn't it? Just to uh, change change your name. A little tease. I might have a little bit more information about that story uh, that appeared in. When we get to the uh, backstory and and fun fun story section, we'll we'll share that information. But good to know. Well, um, just to keep with some of the the fun facts here, his first appearance, uh, Morgan Edge's first appearance in the comics was Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number one thirty three, which was from October nineteen seventy. Um, I, I was surprised by the fact that he wasn't as old as I thought he was. Um, some some of these characters that get introduced to, to Supergirl uh, sometimes are older than Supergirl, and Morgan Edge is a relatively new ish character um so i was surprised uh by him just showing up in 1970 um morgan edge is affiliated with a couple of organizations that you might want to know he was involved with inner gang that's one of his most famous uh connections in the comics he is also associated with galaxy communications and the superman revenge squad and just for uh, any of uh, the book lovers out there, he, Morgan Edge, when he was in prison, he published an autobiography called On the Edge, and he served as a media pundit on a TV show called Edge of Reason. So he's a big fan of puns, this Morgan Edge. I was about to say he, he also a produced pundit. a TV special called, uh, called Isn't That Punny? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Isn't, isn't Life Funny? Yeah, he is a big fan of using Edge in the titles of his creative endeavors. Um, so, Bill, uh, if if you would like to, and, and you can, could you please go into Morgan Edge's backstory and tell us more about uh, what he was up to when he was first created? Well, uh, he, he was uh, originally created by uh, Jack Kirby uh, back when uh, Jack Kirby came over from Marvel over to DC, and they gave him... Uh, pretty much free reign on the Superman books. They were like, you know, hey, you're Jack Kirby. Whatever you want to do, do it. So he created uh, the fourth world, you know, Apocalypse, Dark Side, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it happened in the book you mentioned earlier, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, because that was a, kind, of, kind of his trial run in the Superman mythos, and they kind of expanded out from there. Uh, but uh, like I said, he was created by Jack Kirby to explore uh, the concept of mixing organized crime with corporate crime, which was becoming more and more of an issue uh, throughout the 70s. So he thought, what if we take this old version of crime and this new version of crime and just sort of mash them up? You know, I, so, you know, he, he had a lot of success in the 70s, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this more, but basically he, he's a businessman who has connections to Intergang, who have connections to Apocalypse, which is Darkseid. So he's basically Darkseid's actor on Earth when Desaad isn't dressing up as a TV reverend or something like that. Uh, so the, the character, like I said, you know, he was mainly there to portray organized crime, corporate crime, mashed up together, but he kind of fell out of favor uh, in comic books. In the 80s, uh, right after the Crisis on Infinite Earths reboot of Superman, when they sort of revamped Lex Luthor to be more of a a businessman, an evil businessman, than a mad scientist. So it kind of of 
crossed over a lot with what they were doing with Morgan Edge. So he kind of fell out of favor. Then he came back a couple years later, and they they had a couple of really good stories, really uh, involving him, his dad, Cat Grant, her son. You know, so uh, things Supergirl fans will definitely be familiar with. But uh, and you know, they've tried to bring back the character a few different times over the years, but it just it hasn't had that that sort of oomph that it had in the '70s when they first brought him in. So would you say his uh, would his biggest stories be involved with Inner Gang or Dark Side? But they're they're connected, right? Yeah, yeah, and I would I would definitely say that uh, that most of his best and biggest stories involve that. And it, it, the the thing is, is he's a really interesting character because of that. But he's also not very interesting anymore because that's part of his character and it's already been done to death. I, he almost always starts off as this sort of Perry white post-crisis Lex combo I, who is, you know, trusted by the main characters in the story, Superman, uh, Lois, Jimmy, all of them for a bit, you know, it's Mr. Edge. It's the boss. <laughs> but then uh, his connections to Intergain are revealed. And then the, the further connections to apocalypse. So they kind of, in any version of his story I've ever told, they basically, they set him up as the normal guy they do this story and then you never hear from him again. So it, unfortunately he doesn't, he's not as fleshed out of a character as maybe some other ones in the Superman mythos that have had these very varied interpretations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any, you talked about kind of the various, uh, stories that he's been in. Do you have any favorite ones? Are there any that stick out at you that you want to want to share? Well, I, I would say when he first started showing up in the Superman books proper uh, or, or some of my favorite stories, because it's basically, you know, his company bought the Daily Planet and then he was like, oh, Clark Kent reporter, successful reporter. How about we make you a TV reporter instead of a newspaper reporter? Because it's the 70s and newspapers are dead, although they lasted a few more years. Uh, so so <laughs> I, a lot of the, the early stories with Morgan Edge in the Superman books are really sort of playing a, a, a sort of new note on that whole secret identity thing with, uh, you know, Perry White, uh, Clark, uh, why don't you go report on this? Or, uh, you know, all, all, all those kind of mix-ups were kind of happening in a new way, like Superman installed a trap door in the bottom of his news van so he could escape and, you know, go <laughs> save the day and then come back to the news van and report the news. But I, one thing, one story that I, I was... You know, racking my brain trying to think of any specific stories uh, with Morgan Edge that might stick out, uh, that kind of broke this mold. And, and the one you mentioned earlier from Action Comics six, four, or 468 called My Son the Orphan uh, really did it for me because I, I was looking through these and I, I read that and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that story. It was really good. I In the story, uh, Morgan Edge's mother uh, sneaks into his his apartment the night of his Man of the Year award ceremony uh, to confront uh, her son Morgan, uh, who is, as you said, is actually Morris, who is so ashamed of his lower class upbringing that he's pretty much cut all contact with her. She actually works as a cleaning woman. She's not just disguised as one to break into his apartment. And he's a little embarrassed about that. He doesn't want people in in the public sphere to know that his mom's a cleaning woman because they might think he's a monster, even though he's, you know, he's provided for, he gives her a stipend. He's bought her a house and things like that. He just doesn't talk to her anymore because he doesn't want to be associated with poor. I guess you could say. So, so, you know, uh, she comes in, she confronts him. He sends her off. Then he goes to walk to the awards ceremony 
And uh, he, he starts thinking about it and he runs across uh, this old couple sitting on a bench and the guy's talking about how he's retired and he's supposed to be happy and he's not happy because he's not doing anything. Then he realizes that, you know, his mom still works as a cleaning woman because she she needs something to do. She needs some reason to feel important and feel justified in, you know, being alive and all that stuff. So so he kind of comes around to it and then he gets to the award ceremony and he decides to or he decides to uh, go up there and make this big speech. And uh, you kind of you kind of touched on this where he talks about this poker game he was in. Uh, there was a TV station on the line and this guy gets very upset with him after he wins because he's Jewish, uh, you know, Edelstein. And uh, so so it's this big fight, this big kerfluffle. Uh, he wins the TV station and he changes his name that day because mainly because of the way this guy sort of attacked him for, you know, being Jewish. So so flashback to the speech, uh, you know, he's getting the award. He decides to stop being ashamed of his heritage and he invites his mom up on stage, much to the surprise of Lois Lane, who didn't realize Morgan Edge wasn't even his real name. So it, it's overall, it's this really great heartwarming story. And it's really short too. It's like eight pages. And it's also a stark contrast to the usual story uh, we get with Morgan, where he's either an outright villain or at the very least a total jerk. Uh, so the Supergirl writers, I think, might do well to at least address this side of the character. Maybe touch back on this at some point. Maybe have just like a scene where, you know, someone asks about his mother and he gets all defensive. It's just some sort of reference to it would be nice, but really great story. And it, that was the thing about Superman comics in the seventies too, is they had so many of these great little four or eight, six or eight page backup stories that kind of focused on one character or they had a series called uh, the private life of Clark Kent. Uh, you know, the kind of went into these little side alleyways in the Superman mythos and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, that, I'm actually really surprised by that because when uh, when I was sort of looking into Morgan Edge and his backstory, I didn't know that that was the reason why he changed his name. That's actually, it's kind of sad. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like he um, he sort of overcame that in the end and, and made it up uh, to his mom, which I also think is really fascinating because when I was digging around Morgan Edge's history, his mother seems to come up a lot. Um, there's another version of Morgan Edge uh, where he's being like disciplined by his father and he runs out into the street and his mom and dad are sort of fighting with each other and his mom got hit by a bus and oh, Morgan wow. Edge like sees like sees it like he witnesses this and it really messes with him um seeing his mom get hit by a bus so it sounds like with the story you're talking about in this whatever I was reading on the DC wiki it seems like his mother plays a really important part in his character history in you know whatever version of Morgan Edge we're talking about, it seems like she seems to be a common uh, factor in his upbringing. I don't think that's terribly surprising either, because I I know that uh, Marty Pasco, who's the guy who wrote this story in particular, I uh, he had a very close relationship to his mother. I I, I believe he even wrote it, it was either a long form article or a book about his mom because he was so close to her and, and she was so important to him. So it makes a lot of sense that maybe he maybe he started, you know, the ball rolling with this story back in the 70s. And since you mentioned uh, Morgan Edge and his interactions with Clark Kent and the whole Clark Kent being an anchor 
thing. I was really curious, uh, Bill. What what do you think about that? Do you think do you think Clark Kent, uh, him him being an anchor on a, a TV news program, does that make a lot of sense? I I think it does because it's a natural extension of the whole newspaper reporter thing, which you know in the seventies they thought was on the way out. I kind of always was a little disappointed that they didn't stick with that uh you know moving forward into the 80s and 90s because i mean that would have brought the character right up to the modern age and it would have kind of carried the character even to today yeah uh television news might be a little dated uh and it might not be as popular as it once was but it's still a thing you know where newspapers aren't quite as much of a thing anymore except for the few big boys left yeah i'm i'm curious now if uh modern if the modern day uh, version of that would be like a YouTube channel or, or something like that, if uh, Clark Kent would have to do some sort of WGBS uh, YouTube channel. I think for a while in the new 52, they actually had him being a blogger. Like he was a blogger for a while. Yeah. I remember somebody, I was at a, a comic con a couple years ago and, and somebody was telling, I think it was maybe like one of the writers was telling us like, Oh, you know, Clark Kent is a, is a blogger now. I was like, what? <laughs> so apparently, apparently uh, Clark was a blobber before, uh, before Kara was, <laughs> he really set that uh blobbing trend. Start at the blobbing. Um, so yeah, so it sounds like Morgan Edge uh, did a lot with, uh, the news organizations, the Daily Planet, WGBS. Um, do you, do you have anything else you want to share about, uh, Morgan Edge's comic book history? Actually, uh, one thing that I, I thought was Morgan Edge that ended up not being, uh, Morgan Edge, uh, which I thought was kind of funny, uh, you know, the memory plays tricks on you and stuff, uh, in the, right after the crisis reboot uh there, there was this big arc with cat grant i i kind of alluded to it earlier cat grant and her son gets killed by the toy man and uh meanwhile she's working for galaxy broadcasting and i thought it was morgan edge it was actually his father vincent edge who like sexually harasses her and tries to push her into this job in a relationship with him at the same time and everything it was a really good story it wasn't morgan edge but it was his dad so it's close wow so he mm. was a bit of a sleazebag yeah wow. yeah that's interesting because some of the stuff that i know about morgan edge and have been reading up on he did seem like for a while he was played as the villain and so i i sort of uh would have associated the sleazebaggery with morgan edge but to to know that his father uh was actually the one kind of causing that trouble that that's that's surprising i think thing is they they kind of played uh, the father character as he he looked like an older version of the silver age morgan edge so i think they were kind of playing him as oh this is the old morgan edge you know and so they did the whole thing with him and then morgan edge comes over to take over the company when he leaves uh because of the sexual harassment stuff and, I, and so i think it kind of a uh, okay now here's the new morgan edge you can trust him oh wait a second inner, inner gangs here and apocalypse is here again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it seems like morgan edge could be played as a, a good guy who's just the head of the media company or the head of the tv station or he could be played as this nefarious underground uh criminal so i i, I don't know if you could combine those or if you'd have to pick one but it, it does seem like you can sort of play around with his characteristics uh, w with whatever story you're telling. Oh, yeah, for sure. So 
Morgan, would you like to take us through uh, Morgan Edge on the big screen? Of course. Uh, <laughs> no actor has played Morgan Edge on the big screen. Um, so that was quick. But uh, <laughs> WGBS News can be seen in uh, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel and Batman of the Superman Dawn of Justice. So he's 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 in there. He's lurking. He's sort of there in spirit. I hear there's there might be some apocalyptic sort of things coming up in the, in that movie universe too. So who knows? Yeah, I mean some things have been teased, some uh, Omega symbols and and things of that nature. Maybe you know a, a relative of Darkseid might show up. A '70s rock act. Uh, so yeah, I I think it's really cool that they put even though Morgan Edge doesn't actually physically appear. In the DCEU, there are some allusions to WGBS and that part of the uh, Superman world, the Metropolis world. So, uh, Bill, have you have you seen these Easter eggs? I, I actually hadn't seen seen them, but I, I, I'm looking at these uh, screenshots you guys have in the show doc here. And, and yeah, GBS all the way. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's a, a little bit of a glimpse of WGBS. I believe it's in the fight between Superman and Zod when they're flying through the buildings and things like that. And then in Batman v Superman, Senator Finch is speaking at a podium with all the, the news microphones uh, on top of the podium. And you can very clearly see GBS right there. So they are out there covering the news, covering the, the big press conference that Senator Finch has. So I, I think that's pretty cool. It's, it's nice to see that they uh, kind of put the world of Superman in there, even if uh, Morgan Edge it doesn't get a chance to uh, make an appearance himself. There was a time when stuff like th- th- these sort of Easter eggs would launch me into theorizing for hours and days and weeks. But it's just they have so many knowledgeable people working on these projects now that there's just like thousands of them that never add up to anything. So I, I'm like, should I waste the mental energy to walk down that pathway when it's just going to lead me to the thing I already knew? Well, I, I think I think we should I think we should walk down that pathway. So, Bill. OK. Do you think that Morgan Edge has anything to do with the Daily Planet? Now, we've never seen him at the Daily Planet in the DCEU. But do you think that he maybe do you think he might own it? That could be a very interesting possibility. I I also think that it could maybe give Perry a little bit more of a story in whatever next story they do involving Perry White and the Daily Planet, Uh, because obviously I I got the impression. I don't know about you guys, but I got the impression that uh, the movie Perry White pretty much knows the Clark is Superman after the death and everything. A lot of coincidences stacked up on him. (laughs) And so I I feel like, you know, say if Superman would happen to come back to life, I I doubt that'll happen. (laughs) But uh, assuming it did, uh, you know, I, I think it could be a really cool sort of character arc for Perry. You know, he has this new boss, the new owner of the planet, which is a lot of ways a lot of times the way Morgan Edge is introduced, you know, uh, the new company coming in and changing everything, uh, you know, so it would be cool to have him come in and then Perry has to sort of help Clark protect his secret from the new boss. You know, that could be kind of fun. Yeah, I think there's a, a way to introduce him in the, the films if they wanted to go that route, mm-hmm. because somebody somebody's got to own the Daily Planet. I don't know if it's Bruce Wayne or if it's Morgan Edge, uh, but it's, it's kind of a fun idea to think about uh, expanding that world and, and seeing where Morgan Edge could fit in. 
Uh, so he's not in the movies just yet, but there are some some hints that uh, there are connections uh, existing in the world. And, you know, like I said, that that classic Morgan Edge story. Oh, he's the, the owner of uh, the Daily Planet. Oh, he's with Intergang. Oh, he's with Apocalypse. That would make a lot of sense with what where they're going in the DCU, too. It could happen. <laughs> you never know. Uh, Well, in animated television, the Galaxy Broadcasting System and Galaxy Communications are both referenced in the Super Friends animated series, although Morgan Edge himself never appears. And I think this is a a continued pattern (laughs) that seems to be happening (laughs) with poor Morgan Edge. He is referenced... And his company is there, but he never gets to show up himself. He's always in the background lurking, (laughs) just off frame. (laughs) He's Superman from season one of Supergirl. (laughs) You just missed him. His boots are still here, though. Don't worry. (laughs) Maybe next season we will just see Morgan Edge's boots. Like, we'll never see his face. (laughs) It's just just all Adrian Pastor's feet. (laughs) Um, In the animated Justice League series, Morgan Edge was voiced by Brian George and appeared in the episode Secret Society, so he actually was there that time. He showed up that that one time. That one time. In this picture, he's dre- is he dressed like a chef? <laughs> I need more details. <laughs> I, I do, too, because I, I know I've seen this episode, but I think it's been so long, I can't. I don't know why he's dressed as a chef, and it's really I, I bothering mean, me. Context: he's, is, Was he like an evil <laughs> chef? Was he like ruining like people's meals? Like what was? <laughs> he was helping Lex Luthor steal forty cakes. That is a, a a great deep cut comic book reference by Bill Meeks. That's why you have me on, Rebecca. That's why you come on here. <laughs> Uh, so I haven't seen this episode in a long time and I'm so mad at Netflix because I don't think Justice League is on there anymore and all I have on DVD are Justice League Unlimited episodes. So I have to go back to the internet to get this information. So gotta trust DC, uh, the DC Wiki for this one. So apparently in the uh, Secret Society episode, Morgan Edge owned a private island that wasn't located on any map. Very uh, secure location, apparently. (laughs) And he had recently acquired the criminal Clayface and siphoned him into a biohazard uh, canister. He became a target of the secret society because Grodd learned that Edge had Clayface captive. So he's, he's doing some things with Clayface... And so Edge attempted to escape uh, the Secret Society's clutches by disguising himself as a chef, Ah. but was foiled when Grodd used his mental powers on him. When the team freed Clayface, Edge was killed by Killer Frost, presumably by being frozen to death. Oh, that is cold. Yeah, yeah, it's cold. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Morgan Edge has a connection to Killer Frost, which is interesting in the DC TV uh, CW universe. Uh, They will both be existing. Hmm. If you did wonder about the uh, Morgan Edge chef appearance <laughs> that is what that's about we can only hope that this outfit will show up in supergirl this i think year. that should be like the first thing we see him in yeah i think that should be <laughs> the only thing we see him in for yes. the entire series <laughs> and i i wanted to never be explained like he's in a business meeting in his <laughs> in his chef's hat and like no one seems to think it's weird that's just his style let's just go with it <laughs> that's just what he likes to wear yeah, we all think that Morgan Edge is coming on to Supergirl to have some sort of corporate espionage situation with Lena Luthor. But really, he just wants to cook some food. He just wants to cook lunch. He's, he's going to be the top chef. Oh, I like it. 
I like it. Air high five. (laughs) Quirky appearance there in Justice League. Well, in live action television, uh, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, had a character named Bill Church Jr., who shared some similar traits to Morgan Edge. He was the head of Intergang, which Morgan Edge also was, and owned a TV station called Multi-World Communications, which, I don't know, sounds a lot like Galaxy Communications. <laughs> a little bit. It's pretty different. Yeah. It's, it's multi-worlds. <laughs> well, that's, that technically that is true. It sort of seems like maybe they were ripping off Morgan Edge for the Bill Church Jr. character. I wonder if there was a rights issue where they didn't like the name Morgan Edge or something. Like, how, I, how dare they? I know. Morgan is such a nice name. Morgan is, is the best name for a chef or a gang leader. Like, really. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a name for all seasons. Do you have something you want to tell us, Morgan? Are you a, sh- are you a chef gang leader? I both of those things. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that on the podcast. It's not good for my chef cred. Probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't. That, uh, that leads to some evidence that can be uh, put in a trial. She's going to be played in my trial. This, this podcast episode. She said it right there. That's uh, Exhibit A. You did kind of swallow the headline on this, though, Rebecca. They, did you mention that Bill Church Jr. was played by Bruce Campbell? I didn't, but that is, in fact, true. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell, the uh, star of stage and screen. Uh, you know, one of, it, one of his very highly dramatic roles on primetime television back in the 90s. It was this and, uh, oh, what was the other show? Oh, I can't remember the name of the show. Never mind. I was about to go on a Bruce Campbell tangent. <laughs> Let's steer it back to Morgan Edge. <laughs> Bill, I was going to ask you, what did you think about Bill Church Jr. on Lois and Clark and the intergang storylines they did? I, I actually really love this. And, and he wasn't actually the first member of the church family to appear on there. I, I believe his father was played by... Oh, what's his name? Peter Boyle, the dad from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. That seems right. What? Yeah. Uh, so, so he was, you know, the the Morgan Edge of Lois and Clark for a number of episodes, and then he he got killed off, and Bruce Campbell came back for I think two episode, two or three episodes in one season. But I, I love both of them, and I, I love seeing the storyline done in live action because this show came on very soon after I had read those '80s comics that kind of had this storyline in it, and it was like, whoa, they took what I love about the comics and put it right in the TV machine. (laughs) How do they do it? (laughs) They did a whole inner gang storyline there. Um, And I enjoy the inner gang stuff on Lois and Clark because Mindy church, who is a part of that whole thing is actually played by Jessica Collins, who, and since I talk about the young, the restless all the time on Supergirl radio, I thought I'd throw this in. She played Avery Bailey Clark on the young and the restless. So it was kind of fun when she showed up on my soap. Cause I was like, Hey, you're that chick from Lois and Clark. <laughs> um, so I had some, some fun connections there, but um, yeah, I liked that on Lois and Clark because they, they were able to do something more grounded with uh, the inner gang stuff and, and sort of the non-superpowered humans, sort of the um, underground criminal world. So I, I enjoyed all of those storylines and, and those characters. And I, I think Bill Church, is, uh, Bill Church Jr., at least, uh, was very charismatic, and he seemed to want power, and and he uh, he might or might not get it sometimes. He also chewed the scenery so much that they had to rebuild half of the Warner Brothers' back lot. <laughs> 
So <laughs> he did chew a lot of scenery, but it was great, and that's part of what makes that show so uh, fun to watch. And what makes Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell? That is true. Um, on Smallville, uh, Morgan Edge was first played by Ruder. How do you how do you say his name? Is it R- Rutger Rutger Hauer? Okay, I'm gonna restart. <laughs> on Smallville, Rutger Hauer. Rutger. <laughs> and my my version sounds scarier. Um, <laughs> On Smallville, Morgan Edge was first played by Rucker Hauer and was later played by Patrick Bergen. In this version of the character, Morgan Edge is a friend of Lionel Luther's who grew up in suicide slums and helped murder Lionel's parents. In Metropolis, Morgan Edge offers Clark Kent a job to break into Luther Corp to steal a package which turns out to be Clark's own Kryptonian blood. Uh, He didn't have to break in. He had it the whole time. (laughs) It was was inside him all along. Um, after a scuffle with Lionel Luther's security, Edge was presumed dead after, um, and later found alive with a reconstructed face <laughs> to explain the recast, which is really just like classic Smallville by, <laughs> by Lex Luthor. After Morgan Edge confesses to killing Lionel's parents and messing with Lex's mind, Lex gets his revenge by fatally shoot- shooting Edge, presumably for the last time, although who knows, maybe he's still out there. <laughs> you can't keep Morgan's down. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed their reconstructed face because that is a soap opera trope. Somebody dies and they come back as another actor and they, oh, they have a new face. That's how maybe they explain um, they explain Maggie like next season. Like she just she just comes back as somebody else. She's like, I was in witness protection. I got face <laughs> transplant. <laughs> Look, I buy it. I buy it. It could happen. It could definitely happen. She's suddenly like much taller. I went to a face-off theme puzzle room. Now I'm Nicolas Cage. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, Bill, what do you think about the Smallville version of Morgan Edge? Based on everything I've heard about it in this episode recording, I'm kind of glad I buzzed off on Smallville a little early. Ah, yes. Okay. So, yeah, it w- he was played by two actors. I don't remember. So this this is going to tell you how much I've repressed Smallville. Uh, but <laughs> I re- I remember Rucker Hauer, um, even though I can't pronounce his name. But and yeah, I thought he was good. But I don't remember. I really don't remember this reconstructed face nonsense. I d- none of this is ringing any bells. So this. <laughs> Is obviously the point in my Smallville journey where I'd like watch an episode and be like, no, I never saw anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> deny, deny. Like every week I'd be like, what was that? Well, it's so funny that you say that because I sort of had forgotten about this second Morgan Edge as well. And when I was looking at this and I was like, who is Patrick Bergen? Because I'd heard of Rutger Hauer before. I sort of knew who he was. But I was like, who's Patrick Bergen? So I looked him up on IMDb and I was like, it's the guy from Sleeping with the Enemy. And I got really (laughs) excited about that because I would like to think of myself as somewhat of an expert on Julia Roberts movies. Not, not, not fully though. Like I'm, I'm a little bit behind on her recent uh, additions to her filmography. But early Julia Roberts, I, I would like to say that I'm an expert on, and I highly recommend Sleeping with the Enemy if you've never seen it. And Patrick Bergen is super scary in that movie. It's sort of a, a thriller where she's been abused by her husband and she tries to escape and so uh the whole movie he's like following her and tracking her down trying to find her and he is i mean just scary 
Uh, so uh, when I see him as Morgan Edge, I'm like, you do not look like that guy, that really scary guy from this, <laughs> uh, the Sleeping with the Enemy movie. And the difference is that he normally, Patrick Bergen, I think normally has a mustache. And so to see him without the mustache on Smallville, that's why I didn't recognize him. The mustache was was everything. It uh, it was the key to knowing who he was. So. <laughs> well, I mean, he clearly he had to get into character because he had had a face transplant, so True. he couldn't he couldn't very well keep the mustache. <laughs> that only makes sense. In uh, Patrick Bergen's defense, uh, he might not be as intimidating in this picture you have of him in the dock because he's clutching kryptonite pearls. <laughs> so. I was I was gonna I thought those were like Mardi Gras beads, and like him and Lex had had like a really weird night the night before. <laughs> You don't know. They still could have. And two weeks later, Michael Rosenbaum left the show. Never to be seen again. <laughs> he doesn't talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. So um, there were definitely two Morgan Edges. So if you watch Smallville, don't get confused. Uh, it's that's That's what happened. Well, and that brings us to Supergirl Season 3, because that, that completes our history through Morgan Edge, through the comics, and through live-action television and animated television and the non-film appearance that he's been in. Uh, so we have Season 3, which will be introducing Morgan Edge, played by Adrian Pazdar, and he'll be, uh, quote, a ruthless real estate developer with big plans for National City. Known for getting exactly what he wants, no matter the cost, nor the opposition, he'll almost immediately find himself at odds with Lena and Kara, unquote. So, Bill, with all of the knowledge that you have of Morgan Edge, what do you think about the way that Supergirl is going to approach the character of Morgan Edge? That's interesting. Um, <laughs> no, it's just a seems weird to make him a real estate developer when, I mean, they're... they're you know, we, we've spent a good bit of time talking about him, but there's really three facts about him. One of them is that he's a broadcaster, so it's kind of weird to switch it up like that. But then again, Supergirl, there's a lot of characters who are rich broadcasters, and, you know, I, I'm sure uh, National City can only have so many. Uh, but I am really uh, jazzed on the fact that Adrian Pastar uh, from Heroes, uh, Nathan Petrelli from Heroes, is going to be playing him because perfect casting. Uh, I, the character he played in Heroes, I could totally see being Morgan Edge, you know, in disguise or something like that. So I, I think it's great casting. I'm a little questioning about the the choice of uh, changes to the character. Yeah, he's, he's a great actor. So I think whatever they have him do, he'll be great at. But yeah, it's uh, definitely a different take. Um, Morgan, uh, since we've been talking about another Morgan this whole episode, what, what do you think about this this new Morgan who we'll be talking about in season three? Yeah, no, I'm ex I'm excited. Obviously, Morgan's got to stick together. He's <laughs> maybe a little evil, but like maybe he's just misunderstood. We don't know. We don't. Why are we judging him already? You shouldn't prejudge. <laughs> I'm I'm already automatically on his side, and I. I don't know why. <laughs> I, could, I I can't quite put my finger on it. I, I can't figure it out. Hmm. Um, no, but I, I I do like Adrian Pazdar. I think he's he's good, and I've seen him like in a bunch of different things. Because I feel like every TV show at some point is like we need a guest star, and they're like, "What's Adrian Pazdar doing?" And they're like, <laughs> "I don't know. Could he be like menacing?" And they're like, "Yes, of course. That's what he does." And so and they, they're like, "Can he be edgy?" And they're like, "Yes." And they can he be Morgan Edge, literally Morgan yeah, Edge. That's like, how they, I feel like that's how they, that was the evolution of, of this decision, this casting decision. <laughs> <laughs> 
we we solved it. I know. I, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be good. I, I do think uh, that that's a really funny comment that Bill Bill like like one of his main things is that he's like in a media company and they're like, no, let's do real estate. It's the most evil of all rich people. Um, which fair. But <laughs> I think I think the comment you made is right. Like we already have so many media people on Supergirl. Like we've got Cat and we've got I mean, who knows if Snapper Car will ever be back in Snap, but like presumably Snaps for Snapper. Uh, <laughs> presumably, he uh, still exists. Uh, so we have like a couple of different like media people. So I feel like they might have thought like, oh my god, how many different people like in the media can we have? Like, let's mix it up. Let's like make him uh, put up buildings or something. Like, make him like gentrify a neighborhood. <laughs> you you know what kind of could have been interesting with him instead of making him a real estate developer? What if they had made him like a like a Zuckerberg type? Because you know Facebook is trying to get into the new news curation yeah. game and stuff. So that seems like it would be a really good way to update it without being like the other characters on the show, but still keeping it sort of in the same vein, you know? Oh, that's like that's brilliant too because like Facebook can be pretty evil. Like, <laughs> 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 like we could just have him like just like disseminating fake news and like taking down his opponents and like I don't know I don't know who knows what Zuckerberg does but we could he could really, <laughs> he could really... I, I, I've, de I've definitely visited some groups on Facebook that seem like they were originated on Apocalypse so yeah yeah yeah, just yeah. Totally fed. no it would be that would be really good that'd be a really cool and then you could have like Cat Grant going like what is this <laughs> it'd be really interesting I think that would be interesting like new media versus old media Mm -hmm. I think that would be a cool, I mean, that's not how they went, but that would have been a cool way to like bring the media aspect into it while still like updating it. That's how you get the millennials watching. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get like maybe maybe he like owns like evil Snapchat and like everybody just he's just like putting evil filters on everyone's face. Point of like, order, I I believe not. Snapchat is evil Snapchat. So Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like everybody has the dog face filter and they just can't get rid of it. And like that's a whole episode. I would still watch that. <laughs> Call me Supergirl writers, I'm pitching you. <laughs> Free ideas. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I I think that they still I, I know there are a lot of media characters on the show, but I think the fact that they have most of the series set in a, a media conglomeration, I think that sort of makes sense for them to bring somebody like Morgan Edge on, like, especially since Cat Grant is off in the yurt, wherever she's going to go. <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> I think, yes. I think she's going to be in the, the premiere of season three, but then she might want to go back to the yurt. We don't know. Uh, but I think it would have, you know, been a cool thing to do if they had brought Morgan Edge in to try to do some. I know they sort of did the hostile takeover situation in season one, but they could have done something like that where Morgan Edge maybe tried to buy Catco or something like that. I think they could have done some sort of media uh, storyline for him, and I, I sort of, I sort of like the uh, Facebook new media idea. I think that would have <laughs> been a good way to go about it because you could still work in Inner Gang there, where he's maybe trying to make Inner Gang uh, 
the, the bad news about inner gang go away, maybe. Suppressing the algorithm. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing sounds like better television drama than watching somebody like create a Facebook algorithm to suppress news. Only, like, if, they, only if they do it hyper-realistically where it's a dude sitting hunched over his computer drinking oh, yeah. Mountain Dew for 12 hours. <laughs> and just and smashing his hands against the keyboards, but like never hitting any keys. Yeah, that's what I, I like that. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Um, well, uh, Morgan, I, I know you're a big fan of Lena. Or what do you think is going to be going down between Lena and uh, Morgan Edge here uh, with the real estate? Do you think Do you think Lena's going to get into real estate, or do you think there's something else going on there? So that was uh, like another one of my kind of questions about this like real estate development, which is that like. Do we even like? I know we we ask this a lot about CatGo. Like, what <laughs> what do they do? Like, explain explain the business model of CatGo. Someone, please. But like, I also had that question about L Corp because, like, what do they actually uh, besides like ambiguously evil, like being ambiguously evil? Like, what do they actually do? Like, do they? Do they sell something? Do they, are they in real estate? Like, I literally don't know. So maybe, so maybe next season I will find out. Yeah. L Corp, as far as I know, only existed so Lena could do her, her wacky scientific experiments that led to some of the, the ways that they saved the day in season two. So I don't quite know what they do either. How do you monetize or like, <laughs> like that, any of that? I, I was, I was a little, I was just con- like, I never really thought to question it until this, this, this episode, uh, <laughs> like 20 some episodes in, but, uh, <laughs> so, so we'll, I guess we'll find out more about Elcorp's business structure, which again, all of this really sounds like a, like a real, uh, page turner, uh, <laughs> like, please like give me your business, uh, like your business model. Maybe Elcorp is trying to expand. Ah. Maybe they're trying to put different locations within national city because, uh, Morgan edge, uh, it says he's a, d- a developer with big plans for the city. So maybe he's taken stuff from Lena that she, she wants to claim and it gets in kind of a turf war. Um, so I, I wonder if that will come into play. Yeah, I also kind of wonder if it'll be a little bit like, um, I don't know if either of you guys have watched Daredevil, um, like the the Marvel uh, Netflix show. Mm-hmm. But the first season of that, they have a character who's like basically kind of trying to like gentrify a neighborhood uh, by doing like a whole bunch of like really uh, bad things. And I kind mm-hmm. of wonder if there will be some of that kind of aspect to it like he's trying to i don't know like change the city by messing it up first uh so i don't know that could be but but i think it'll be interesting to see more of lena like period like in this season it's just been like a lot of like either like lena saving the day or lena like dealing with her evil mom or like hanging out with Kara. i think it'll be nice for her now that she's like a full-time cast member to like have kind of her own little storyline going on bill um since you're a big superman fan and a supergirl fan um what do you think morgan edge because uh, the description of his character mentions lena and Kara. so do, do you what do you have any speculations or ideas about what they could do with uh morgan edge's dynamic with Kara? that is interesting like I, i'm wondering how, how how they would tie him to her specifically versus Supergirl in general. General, I don't know. Maybe uh, some of this real estate. Maybe he's like, 
the owner of her apartment and rents going up. But that's not very dramatic, though, is it? <laughs> I mean, it's dramatic in life, but not on a TV show. Maybe he is going to like uh, his like ultimate bit, like fight will be with the rent is too damn high guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, you know, real estate oftentimes is is used as a means to uh, hide uh, shadier business dealings. So I, I would imagine that even though he's listed as a real estate developer, that it's probably going to be something a lot more pretty quickly. Uh, so I, 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 obviously that's probably where the conflict with Lena is going to come in. I'm sure they're probably going to have some enterprises that are at odds with each other. Uh, but with Kara, I don't know, like besides the whole like nasty landlord, like he's Mr. Furley to her, you know, Chrissy from three's company, old reference. Uh, <laughs> but besides that, I can't, I, nothing comes to mind as far as where they're going to take it. I'm really disappointed. You didn't say Mr. Roper though. Furley was the better landlord for sure. Don, not, you, how can you <laughs> deny Don Knotts? <sighs> my, my, my heart is with Mr. Roper. My heart is with Mr. Roper. Well, Don Knotts will go on. That's true. That's true. Well, um, I sort of like the idea of the the duality of Morgan Edge's character being a split between Lena and Kara. So, like, the ruthless real estate developer is going to be spending time with Lena, maybe. And maybe Morgan Edge is, has, maybe he has some dealings with Inner Gang. Maybe Inner Gang is going to be part of the season three storyline. And maybe Supergirl has to go and deal with Inner Gang. So I sort of, that's the way I would play it if I was writing the show. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to see because I, I don't know. I'm very curious, actually, because we, we know that he, uh, Morgan Edge and Lena, because of the season three trailer, we know they have an interaction. But we haven't seen Morgan Edge hanging out with Kara. So uh, maybe Kara will also, since she is a reporter that we, we think she is, uh, sometimes she does some blobbing and some reporting uh, on the uh, on the occasion when she is out of the Supergirl suit. She is a reporter at CatCo. So maybe she'll be doing some reporting on Morgan Edge and his real estate company, whatever they do. Uh, so they could play it that way too. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see what they do with... Morgan Edge in season three of Supergirl. Um, but I think that's going to do it for our spotlight on Morgan Edge. So thank you, Bill, for coming on Supergirl Radio and sharing your knowledge, sharing your fun facts and your trivia <laughs> about Morgan Edge and everything that you know. Um, where can our listeners find you on the Internet if they want to ask you any more Morgan Edge questions? Uh, well, if they want to ask me any more Morgan Edge questions, they can find me at, at @derbykid on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but if they want to just interact with me or follow me of what I'm doing or whatever, I'm at Bill Meeks on Twitter. And I'm kind of rudderless at the moment since we shut down the podcast. stuff. I, mean, I have some stuff coming up later this year. Uh, but until then, yeah, just at Bill Meeks. And uh, I'm also helping uh, my wife, Anne-Marie, out with uh, her site, The Sharing Spot, where people share cool, creative stuff all the time. Uh, you can find that at thesharingspot.com. That sounds awesome. Rebecca, can I ask you one question before you let me go here? Sure. Do you think that Harrison Ford accidentally calls Callista Flockhart chewy sometimes? Oh, <laughs> That's, you know, who knows what goes on in their household. Those are the hard-hitting questions. Jeez. I'm bringing out the big guns. <laughs> well, I like to, I like to leave, leave people thinking, so. <laughs> maybe, you know, sometimes maybe he's having, like, Star Wars flashbacks, 
And he just, sometimes it just comes out. Maybe he's thinking about Chewie and he just says it. You know, sometimes sometimes that happens to the best of us, that we, our mind is on something else and we just say the wrong name and some, something, come, something else comes out. So I think, I mean, I think it's possible, but I, I don't know if it's reasonable, but I think it's possible. Hey, oh, it's definitely not reasonable. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me, Rebecca. I always love being on your shows because you let me be ridiculous. I appreciate it. We welcome the ridiculous. We're always like, people need to be more ridiculous on <laughs> Supergirl Radio. So <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we know where we can get it if we need it. Um, so uh, again, thank you for coming on uh, Supergirl Radio to help us learn about Morgan Edge that we'll be seeing in season three. Very welcome. Well, if you would like to contact us at Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. We have a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so go check out our playlist over there. And we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. And we are also on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have some time, we encourage you to go over there and write us a review. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow iZombie, classic DC TV shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Titan shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on iTunes. You can follow DC at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Whew, I really got tripped up there at the end. It was, it was, <laughs> I was going so good. You, you were very meticulous about it, and I was really impressed. Some, sometimes, sometimes it's tough. I know. Well, I was uh, curious, Morgan, uh, Legends of Tomorrow is that coming back the same time as Supergirl and The Flash? <laughs> as a as a podcaster about the show, I can tell you confidently, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I feel that that is right. I feel it in my bones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes. Well, you know, as a as a listener of the podcast. <laughs> who doesn't watch the show, I'm pretty confident that that might happen, that that might be the case. I will promise all of our listeners, like when the show starts, we will podcast about it again. But I can't tell you when that will be because I don't know. As a guest on this podcast, I have no idea what you guys are talking about now. (laughs) We love the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, Good stuff. Um, well, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can do that uh, at Derby Kid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also on Instagram at The Derby Kid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I actually like Instagram a lot better because there's no uh, nobody who's going to fight you over your pretty pictures. I don't know. Rebecca, I saw that picture of a flower you posted the other day, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I know. There are lots of feelings uh, with the pictures that I post uh, on Instagram, lots of opinions <laughs> to be had. <laughs> I'm going to fight you about nature. So Instagram is uh, my preferred social media account, but I'm also on uh, Twitter a great deal if you want to contact me. Uh, you can also watch some videos of mine that I've shot and edited over at YouTube.com forward slash Duck Milk Pride. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Uh, and you can find me on the Twitters. Um, I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. As I mentioned, uh, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which uh, I'm one of the co-hosts, it's coming back someday, <laughs> um, very soon. Uh, between now and uh, some point in October, uh, you can put that on your <laughs> calendar. 
<laughs> and we will be back covering. Uh, I'm. I. I still think we're trying to get together some sort of DC TV podcast, like ladies of you know roundtable thing. Um, unsurprising to probably our listeners or anyone who's heard me talk on this podcast, we're not great at organizing, <laughs> so it's going. Uh, not great. So, but hopefully we're gonna we're gonna do that. Uh, so I wouldn't say like mark it on your calendars, but like like maybe tentatively get ready for it. I, I will say following Morgan on Twitter is great too. I just followed her at Mojotastic on Twitter, and someone just PayPal me like five hundred dollars. So yeah. go follow her. I have a lot of money from that that uh, TV studio. I won in that <laughs> game. So nice. I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm like going to send you money to follow me on Twitter, but I'm not saying it's not going to happen. All right. I'm just leaving it vague. I'm leaving it out there. I'm just making it vague. Does that, does that mean if you want it in a poker game that Morgan Glennon is not your real name? Um, yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent what I'm saying. <laughs> it, I had a different name, but like I won, I won it. And I was like, I have to, I have to change my name to Morgan. That's like in the, the bylaws of winning something, in a, <laughs> winning a TV station in a poker game. They, they give you the TV station and they're like, your name is Morgan now. <laughs> like that's every, every Morgan you're going to meet is going to have that same story. That's what happened to Morgan Freeman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good to know. So now that I've given you all this backstory, um, there's no way you should follow me on Twitter, <laughs> but if you want to. <laughs> At Mojotastic. Well, uh, I recommend it um, whether or not you get paid and whether or not your name really is Morgan Glennon. I highly <laughs> recommend following At Mojotastic on Twitter. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. So until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And Morgan Edge has all of our attention. <laughs> <laughs>